Hey y'all, today's podcast carries on through the book of Isaiah with chapter 34. In 34 starts the prophecy of worldwide judgment and the hope found in God in his deliverance, because our deliverance only comes from God. And the judgment is for all the nations. He says that all the nations should listen up. The whole earth is going to be impacted by this judgment. And God is angry with sin. And we so easily turn from God and turn to idols and turn to, to false hopes and things rather than God himself. And there is going to be a destruction of sin. Sin is going to end. The pride of our nations, the pride of us, the pride of people around us, all of the pride is going to be brought down and humbled before God because God is God and God is amazing and God is sovereign and rules all and and he's our creator and he loves us so, so much and he just desperately wants us to turn to him and turn away from sin. In verse 1, come here and listen, O nations of the earth. Let the world and everything in it hear my words. For the Lord is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their armies. He will completely destroy them, dooming them to slaughter. Their dead will be left unburied, and the stench of rotting bodies will fill the land. The mountains will flow with their blood. The heavens above will melt away and disappear like a, a rolled-up scroll. The stars will fall from the sky like withered leaves from a grapevine or shriveled figs from a fig tree. And when my sword has finished its work in the heavens, it will fall upon Edom, the nation I have marked for destruction. The sword of the Lord is drenched with blood and covered with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of rams prepared for sacrifice. Yes, the Lord will offer a sacrifice in the city of Bozrah. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom. Even men as strong as wild oxen will die. The young men alongside the veterans, the land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat. For it is the day of the Lord's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch and the ground will be covered with fire. This judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation. No one will live there anymore. It will be haunted by the desert owl and the screech owl, the great owl and the raven. For God will measure that land carefully. He will measure it for chaos and destruction. It will be called the land of nothing, and all its nobles will soon be gone. Thorns will overrun its palaces, nettles and thistles will grow in its forts, the ruins will become a hunt for jackals and a home for owls, desert animals will mingle there with hyenas, their howls will, will fill the night, wild goats will bleat at one another among the ruins, and night creatures will come there to rest. There the owl will make her nest and lay her eggs, she will hatch her young and cover them with her wings, and the buzzards will come each one with its mate. Search the book of the Lord and see what he will do. Not one of these birds and animals will be missing and none will lack a mate. For the Lord has promised this. His spirit will make it all come true. He has surveyed and divided the land and deeded it over to these creatures. They will possess it forever from generation to generation. So here we have a very thick judgment. And again, Isaiah beautifully intertwines the now and present current situation that he's speaking into in the people of Israel. Like, look, you, y'all are going to be facing exile, but 
God is going to come and the enemy will be defeated and sin will be defeated. And he also speaks into the millennium, the end of the end of the tribulation period in the whole universe is going to be involved in this judgment and the the blood of sin and the blood of evil will stink and it will soak the mountains and it will be death and destruction comes in the tribulation and we know it's going to be a very hard time and we know it's not going to be easy and the judgment will seek what what his word and his truth is it will it will it will seek justice it will God will come in and he will take out sin. And I know it sounds gruesome. It sounds brutal, but sin is evil. Sin is gruesome. Sin is is brutal. And the scriptures don't hide that. The scriptures don't sugarcoat how awful sin is and what people do when they're involved in sin to each other. And it's going to be destroyed. It says it's going to be completely taken out and there's going to be no human leaders left. They will be dominated by creatures. Creatures will inhabit the lands. It will be desolate. It will be empty and barren. But again, there's a faithful remnant, a faithful few who will stand firm and stand strong in God. And the earth needs to get ready and we need to prepare and strengthen our hearts, strengthen our spirits, spend time with God because judgment is coming. Jesus is returning and we're running out of time. And it's so fascinating to me how amazing and how awesome God is because this book was written, Isaiah is the prophet writing the book of Isaiah. In the language that God gives him to write down, it says it's going to disappear like a rolled up scroll. And then you read in Revelations, which was written by a completely different person, a whole lot longer in the into the future. And in Revelation 6, chapter chapter 6 verse 13 it says then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from the shaken tree by a strong wind the sky was rolled up like a like a scroll and all the mountains and islands were moved from their places it's the same language that is used in isaiah throughout revelation and it it mirrors and it 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 complements the the language of Isaiah throughout Revelation. And in Revelation 6, 8, it says, I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. This is the end of the end that, that Isaiah is speaking into and speaking of. In Revelations 9, 18, it says, one third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues, by the fire and smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Like there's going to be a very hard tribulation period and we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to be repenting. We need to be spending time with God and preparing our hearts, minds, and souls and preparing people around us in living each day in God's glory and who he is in making sure people know there's hope. There's hope for restoration. There's hope redemption for redemption. There's hope for the glory that is found in God and God alone. And everything is wiped clean. There's a vast empty land and people have turned their backs on God and the city becomes a wasteland. Justice is deserved. But if we cling to God, God will save us. There's hope in God. And in chapter 35, it continues and we see that hope even in the wilderness and desert. 
Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God, with this news. Strengthen those who have tired hands, and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies, and he is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leak leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool, and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived, and a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. So this hope of restoration and redemption, this is a drastic switch between chapter 34 when we head into 35. It's a switch to deliverance. It's a switch to encouraging us to faithfulness. It's moving from barrenness and desolateness to faithfulness and fruitfulness. And God's glory comes to the land and to the people in Israel will see the newfound fruitfulness and the newfound life in God's people will rejoice and be strengthened. It's not going to be easy. He says, endure, stay firm, stand strong because God is coming and he will save you. He will carry you through and God's power and authority will move in. And there's a a spiritual change that happens. The eyes are opened and the deaf deaf people hear. And there's physical changes. Lame people will leap. And if you can't speak, you'll sing for joy. There will be restoration and healing and we'll be set free from captivity. We'll be set free from sin and temptation and evil. And there's a a time coming when Jesus is coming and he is returning and God gets the justice in the end, but the remnant who stands firm will be redeemed and a road will be paved where the remnant can walk on to the new Jerusalem and the new restoration, the hope that is found in this, the the hope that God carries us in times of suffering. God carries us through and we persevere because we have God's strength and, and we, we can encourage each other and we can keep holding each other up and keep looking to God because he has our back. He has us. He has us safe and secure in his arms and he will until the very end. As long as we stand firm in our faith and cling to God with everything in us, there is a restoration, a redemption, and a joy like we have never seen coming. And it's coming. Jesus is coming. And in Revelations 13, 9 through 10, he talks about the endurance of the saints. And since we've been reading through Revelations in because it, it just mirrors so beautifully. God is so amazing in how he interwove all the books of the Bible together. Revelations 13, 9 through 10 says, 
Anyone who with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will be, will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. In Revelations fourteen twelve, it says. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Like no matter what happens, y'all stand firm, stand strong, stand in faith and don't let go of God. Don't turn on God. Keep God in the forefront at the center of your mind, heart and soul in every single thing that we do in every single moment of every single day of our lives, because we know Jesus is coming and we don't know the day, the hour or the time could be any moment. And we're supposed to live, watch and be ready and share the glory of God, share the good news with the people around us, share the freedom found in Jesus with everyone around us. Well, we can. Thanks, y'all. We'll continue on tomorrow. Have a great day.